This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. What does it take to live a successful life? Well, my guest today is going to give you some secrets about that. So stay tuned. But before we get to him, please head on over to overwhelmsucks.com. Yes, you heard that right. Overwhelmsucks.com. Get my brand new free guide, 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm overwhelmsucks.com. Bew White left the family business and started his own company called Summer Classics, where he designs, creates, and builds beautiful furniture. He offers crucial lessons in both business and life to those who have an ambition, but perhaps not the roadmap to success. Bew, welcome to the show, sir. Great. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Now, we were talking before we hit record that back in February of 2021, I live in Houston, Texas. We had a freak winter storm, and on the Sunday, it was 65 degrees, and then we had three days of 14 to 17 degree weather. That's Fahrenheit, and that's not supposed to happen in Texas, and you were sharing with (laughs) me how it really uh, affected your business. Yeah. Yeah, there's a chemical that comes out of the chemical plants, and there's only two in the United States, and they're both down there. The plants froze. They literally had to shut their plants down and redo the configuration of their uh, and get all the parts in. And basically, that chemical was not available for months, three to six months. And that that's the requirement for a chemical required to make foam, which goes inside of all our cushions, and so. We have an upholstery plant in North Carolina, and then we have a a plant in Birmingham, Alabama, that makes about 30% of our volume. And without the foam, we we pretty much, we we actually started figuring out how to try to make the product without foam. (laughs) Kind of was interesting. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. You put a plant down in Texas, never thinking there's going to be a snowstorm. I mean, hurricanes, tornadoes, yes, but not snowstorms. I remember a number of years ago when you probably never heard of this, Hurricane Katrina came through New Orleans. And at the time, I had a bank that was a small bank. They had all their servers in New Orleans. Now, when I found this and we didn't have access to our money for a couple of days, I'm like, who does that? I mean, I don't care if it's New Orleans, Miami, Houston, Anchorage, Alaska. You don't put your one server in one location, you spread it out across the country and they were shortly bought by capital one after that. But so I understand people assume, Oh, it'll never happen in Texas. It'll never happen in new Orleans, but life does happen. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Had many <laughs> situations like that because we import from all over the world. So situations with right that we're having now. You know? Yeah. With you know the last couple of years, I can't say that the P or the C word on because I may get censured on Spotify, but we had this, situation shall we say the last two and a half years which really disrupted people like you who are trying to get products in different parts of the world i mean business as usual turned out to be not so much yeah we're we're the largest importer in the state of alabama and um china is a big part of that and so what happened with us is container rates went from five thousand dollars to twenty five thousand dollars start trying to charge your customers for that. You know, just like, and it's, it's no, no added value, no inflation. It was inflation, but that's 500%. So who's, mm. you know, they're talking 8% inflation and we're having 500% freight inflation. So it, it literally had a huge impact on product. And now we have the situation over in China, you know, what's going to happen with China and Taiwan. We don't know. 
Is that going to simmer down? You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict in the future. So I think the moral of the story is don't assume that life is going to work your way every day the way you anticipate it because life has a funny way of jolting you back to reality. Yeah, you know, there's a book called that I love called Destined for War that goes through, it's about the coming possible war with China and U.S., about how to prevent it, actually, is what it's about. And it talks about the Thucydides' trap, which goes back to Greek philosophy, you know, of, of two worlds battle each other. Um, as one gets stronger, so China gets stronger than U.S., feels it and does wants to stay number one and China wants to be number one. And so they get in this, the citizens trap of, do they go to war or not? And certainly had, we had that with Russia and didn't go to war. So it's possible to prevent, but certainly not liking the saber rattling I'm hearing out of there right now. And so about four years ago, I'm with, I'm at a restaurant in Birmingham and our vice president international who's from Hong Kong and goes to China all the time at the time. Now he's like stuck in China, but says to me, We've got to be out of China in four years. And his name is Pam. And I went, Pam, that's impossible. How do you, do you realize what you're talking about? You're talking massive amounts of product. We've got to move to other countries. What's causing you to say that? Is it political or business? I said it's political. This China is changing so fast under Xi Jinping that we've got to get out. And so we started moving our production and moved 65% of our production to Indonesia. But then when the recession or the, the COVID hit, our, the odd thing that happened is our volume went crazy, our order activity, and we ended up having to open two new plants in China to tr- try to keep up with production. So wow. it's, uh, it's it really, it's like, okay, we're going backwards here. <laughs> I saw a video oh, a couple months ago on YouTube because I invest in YouTube premium because I don't like ads. And they were talking about the rise of China But then there's a problem that people don't realize China has. They're growing so fast that they are running out of ways to power their their economy. And so while they're growing big cities and they're growing their military and their technology, meanwhile, they're trying to suck up all the power in the world to run their economy. And no one's talking about that. And I think it's very interesting on the one side, oh, look how powerful China is. But if you do a little research, you find out behind the scenes, they're like, how are we going to pay for, how are we going to power everything? So it's a very amazing thing because I think that, again, like I said a few minutes ago, we live in a world where it's not going to say the same from day to day. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show because you're all, you've been around. If you're not watching this on YouTube, uh, Bu has gray hair. So he's probably a veteran of life. And so you've probably made a lot of mistakes. Across the, yeah. <laughs> You're past gray, right? Uh, yeah, gray would be probably good. <laughs> but he's lived a long life and he's probably, I'm going to go out on the limb here, Bu, that you've made. Uh, a few mistakes along the way. Is that, oh my is that God, correct? I have an MBA of mistakes. <laughs> Actually, I'm working on my PhD. And so I okay. Got, I got mistake number 1756 lined up here. So now let me ask you this question. If you could go back to like, say a 25 year old view, what are some of the things you would tell him that says, Hey, I'm view from the future. And let me tell you, your life is going to be a lot easier if you don't do these two or three things 
uh, over the course of your life. What, what are some of those things you tell your younger self? Financial things or personal things? I think your your crowd is mostly business, so let's do that first. I, you know, um, there's a some research that's been done recently, and it, um, it it's, it's talking to 90 plus year olds and interviewing them about their their regrets in life and. Almost always the number one thing that comes up is I didn't take enough risk. That one is not a problem for me. <laughs> like, I, think, I think I took too many risks. Now, I don't know if I've changed that part of me, but it was, I was taking, you know, I was, I, I was betting my house every year for like 10 years. I was taking all my equity out of my house and putting it in my business every year for 10 years. And I kind of going like, is this ever going to work? My God, this is crazy. This seems crazy. And I didn't tell my wife, so don't tell her. Don't let her look. Don't let her listen. (laughs) But I mean, it was, uh, you know, nail biters. I would say from from a business standpoint, the number one thing I think is is, uh, integrity. So you, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation. It takes a moment to lose it. Mm-hmm. One, one wrong step, one bad thing you do that's noticeable and it gets out there can destroy. Yeah, I just you. want to interject real quickly. I, when we look at social media today, I don't think people understand that this is going to be around forever. And so if you have like big sexy kitten 24 on Instagram or TikTok, and you're trying to go for a job as a CEO or a C-suite member, you know, people aren't thinking I, I have $2, 27 and 24, and they don't think into the future. And, and so I, I think you need to stop before you post, before you tweet, before you record a video, before you comment, yeah, I didn't have that what if the wrong person sees that and all of a sudden now you don't get a job that you might have gotten in the future because of something silly you posted yeah no i didn't i didn't have that problem because i couldn't post i couldn't didn't have emails i didn't have a cell phone (laughs) you know that's that's for that white hair problem the other thing i would suggest is and this is something i had to learn i was like i better learn how to do this or i'm going to go out of business it's how to read a financial statement Mm. because i didn't have an accounting background and i that wasn't my you know one of my gifts let's say and IT was not one of my gifts, so I had to hire the right people. And but the, but I couldn't hire the right person to read my financial statement and figure out what I was doing wrong, mm-hmm. and then make it sure you got those in a timely basis. I've really just gotten where I can get them ten days after the month. But I would they would come out the end of the month after, and I was like, well, there's nothing we can do about this month. We've already lost a month of, uh, you know, of what's happened. It's already happened, so I'm dead. You know, I'm stunned by the number of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs I come across and I ask them how business is going. They're like, well, you know, I guess we're doing okay. We have clients. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't understand. How is your business doing? Because if you don't have a PL, you don't know. And the, the good news is you can go to this website, G-O-O-G-L-E.com. It's known as Google.com, and just say, <laughs> Show me a simple, you like that? Uh, yeah, show that me was... a simple PL. That's what I did. I mean, I don't have an accounting background either. I just Googled a mm-hmm. simple PL and this, this, I found it. Guy said you can, you know, download it for free. And I just started plugging numbers in. And all of a sudden, because he had the formulas there already, I could see if I'm in the positive or negative. But don't put your head in the sand and go, well, I don't know how to read it. I'm not good on finances. And just assume your business is doing well because the numbers will give you a very good picture of that. 
great, great story about that. I had these accounts that I would go see, and they did what I call checkbook accounting. If they had money in their account, they were making money. <laughs> and they would owe me $50,000, let's say. That's pretty accurate. And uh, I, I went to see one one day, and he had bought a Corvette. And I, and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I have it. I'm, I have all this money in my account, and I, just, I, want, I always wanted a Corvette, so I bought a Corvette. I said, you realize you owe me $50,000, so that's probably what that car costs. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, and you're late. I was like, you're, you think that your cash flow is your profit. It's not. You, you need to, <laughs> you really need to consider. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're laughing, and I agree. I would, I didn't laugh at the time, but I totally see. You know, Did you ask for the keys? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, great idea. <laughs> no, but he did take me for a ride. Ned. Oh, how nice of him! <laughs> yeah, at least I got that. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good point. Guess what happened to him? He's out of business. Yeah, there it is. Ah, see though. See what, what's interesting, and I didn't know this when I first started my business. I didn't know that good business people, until you start making like maybe ten million or more in revenue. You take the money you make and you put it right back in the business. What a lot of people do, like my expenses are like, say, 10000 and I made fifteen, So I'm going to take the other five and go to the casino. I'm going to go buy a new TV. Successful business people don't do that. They don't take that money out until they're making a lot of money. They put it right back in the business so you can grow. Is that not true? I paid myself $41,000 a year for 11 years. I, I kept thinking, I'm, and by the way, my number wasn't 10 million. It was somewhere past 70 million, somewhere okay. in that range. But I, but it's because I constantly increased my inventory and receivables because I volume, I was doubling every three and a half years. Oh, so wow. if your bank is not, if you're not, ha, don't have, if you're not software, let's say, you know, your margins are not crazy like that. Now I had great margins at the time. My margins were between 40 and 45%. They're more than that now because I got a brand, but you can't really, you're really trying to get market share to begin with so that you don't worry about losing your clients all the time. And so I was just, I was like, I can't take anything out of here. I can't get enough money to keep the growth, to supply the product that my customers want, which is a great problem. It's just a a (laughs) lot of people think growth is great. Well, you can grow yourself out of business Mm. very easily. And I was, I've been there and it's like, Man, I'm doubling every three and a half years. I'm going to have this thing's going to be 500 million in no time. Yeah. What I didn't think of is like, how much money do I need to get to 500 million if I do? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it was an astronomical number. Got overwhelmed? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at overwhelmsucks.com. Yeah, I think it's funny when people look at me and like, oh, you're so lucky you're an entrepreneur. You make tons of money. I'm yeah, like, whoa, wait right. a minute. <laughs> you go to a job exactly. and you have a salary. So if you have a good day, you still get paid. You have a bad day, you still get paid. If I have a bad day, I don't make any money. I don't get a salary. Okay. I am unemployable. I'm virtually unemployed until the next client comes along. I mean, I have clients, but what I'm saying is that I can't sit there and coast to a day. I'm not feeling it this week. I'm going to coast through this week or this quarter. And you know this as well. I mean, you have a bigger business than I do, mm-hmm. but you got to have the mentality that you can't coast through any day. You got to keep on hustling because you need to get the money to come in from the customers. Yeah, I have those repeat clients too, which is a great thing. I mean, yeah, those clients that come back and back and back and always, you know, not always come back, but 
unless they sell their business, they're they're coming back. And you're you're more consultant related, so you fix their problem, they go away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to get another client. And I'm yeah. always looking for new clients. I've got to have new clients to grow. But well, I have new clients all the time because I I'm studying under a gentleman by the name of Grant Cardone, and he's a big sales guy. And he says you got to build up your your inventory. Like yours is a physical product. Mine is like I've got like four products right now, a couple courses, a membership, and coaching. But he said you got to have more because what if if you only have one product and the person wants to work with you? Well, I don't want that product. Well, what do you do? And so I'm building out my products. And so at different price points, because maybe somebody can't afford my high end coaching, but then they're like, you know, I could afford this part over here and I can grow one of these other products. And so I'm learning that you need to have an inventory. I always thought inventory was people who had physical products. If you're a product like me, a consultant and a coach, you have to have an inventory of products as well, because if you just have one, I, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I like the Oreos thing where they just had Oreos and now they have peanut butter Oreos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was in the store just Red last Oreos. Week. I'm like, yeah. wow. They've got thin, they got double stuff. It's like, but they <laughs> yeah, realized maybe you don't like chocolate. Maybe you want the white, you know, the white, yeah, uh, the, the vanilla, the, uh, the white vanilla. They've got birthday. I thought birthday cake going. What, what great, is this? What a great business model. You make the same thing different every time. Like, and you sell it. They all sell. I'm like, wow. Yeah, but it works. And I yeah, think people work. need to understand, uh, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. I am a student of life. So I make it a point every day. And one of those check boxes is talking to you this morning because you are a very successful person. I think you should make it a point. Every person, whether you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or you work for the man, you should make it a point to learn something new every day. You should get better every day. Do you agree with that? Yes. And, you know, one of the things you asked me about was what I would do different. And I don't know that I did this different, but I didn't realize the value until I got there was that was the uh, the value of relationships, mm. and, you know, your personal relationships, your friends relationships. But my my business relationships ended up saving me during the Great Recession because um, I owed Royal Bank of Scotland 20 million dollars and they were trying to. I don't say they're trying to foreclose on me, but they were squeezing me. And uh, I owed them $19.8 million right in the January of 2009, which is probably when, right after they had lost $60 billion. So wow. they didn't have anywhere to get cash. And so they were squeezing their clients to pull the cash back in from their loans. And, of course, you couldn't move your loan then either. So I started calling my vendors. I had some pretty big vendors in China and said, I don't know what to do. And he says, my biggest vendor said, well, just don't pay me. I was like, wow, great idea. <laughs> you know, ever? <laughs> like ever? You know, I was like, no, you have to pay me, but just pay me when you can. I believe in you. You're, we're symbiotic. You know, you may, I'm making almost everything you sell. So I, he gave me $2 million that way by, you know, giving me inventory without paying him. And I just started going down the list. And I didn't realize these, I had built all these relationships over the years that, of people that believed in me and that were willing to give me up to 180 days or more term, or just, if you can't pay me, call me and we'll work mm. through it, you know, kind of thing. So I ended up taking that lot, that 20 million down to like two and a half million in nine months. So that's wow. By just doing that and not buying any inventory and turning my inventory into cash. Wow. So now, you left the family business and you started your own company. So tell us about summer classics. What was your inspiration? Why did you decide to start that company? 
you okay do you know the do you know the Steve Jobs story about where he stole the mouse from Xerox have you ever heard that story? I, I bleed apple silver and white so I've read all the books yes I do know the story but for the benefit of the listener who doesn't know the story go ahead and share it for him Steve Jobs has gotten access to the Xerox lab in California where they're working on their new products and he goes in there and they're showing him all this stuff and they haven't got patents on it and and he sees this mouse. He says, wow, that's a great idea. Jeez. So he just takes it, goes back, and creates the first mouse for Apple. Well, this story of my, about summer classics is similar to that because I did kind of steal it, but I didn't. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> okay. We won't tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell anybody. This, especially the guy. No, he knows. Um, so I was in a dealer. I was a sales rep on the road. And I was just selling product, and I wanted to get off the road. I was just like, I got to get off the road. And I, I had started these multiple companies to try to create income so I could get off the road and create income for a business and have my own business. I had, I had my own business, but it was a sales rep company. I made straight commissions. So I'm in one of my dealer stores and he's got this product, Adirondack chairs, which by, you see lots of those now, but yep. you didn't see any back then. This was 1986 probably. I was still in school. <laughs> yeah, you were a kid. Yeah. Probably high school. Yes, um, I was. Not college. This is high school. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So, uh, so. No, I said, no, I correct, correct myself. I graduated high school in 83. I was in, just starting college in 86. I'm like, wait, that math doesn't sound right. Yeah. Okay. It's close. Yeah. Close. <laughs> um, the, so we, I, I go in this store and he's got these Adirondack chairs and he's got this summer classics name on it with a scripty logo, like, you know, like a, in writing summer classics. All right. So I'm, what I typically do is go in their outdoor furniture department and look and say, okay, what can I sell this guy? And I'm already selling them, so I'm trying to figure out where the slots are. He comes in. I was like, hey, what is this? I'm thinking I could pick up this line. What is this summer classics thing? He said, well, that's me. I was like, what do you mean you? Because a dealer, an outdoor, a, a furniture store, like doesn't you go to furniture stores, they don't create their own brands generally. I said, what do you mean you? It's like, oh, I've got this guy down the street making these chairs for me and painting them and bringing them and I'm selling them. I was like, wow, I love that name. That's a great name. And I leave and I was like, I can't quit thinking about this summer classics name. <laughs> and so, get back to Birmingham, call my father and say, he's a lawyer. How do I get a trademark? And he says, well, we have a trademark attorney. Call him. I said, like, call the guy. How do I get a trademark? I, I want to trademark summer classics for outdoor furniture. He says, well, how did you come up with that name? And I told him the story. He said, well, you can't have that name. I was like, why? If it's not trademark, says, no, there's something called first use. Ah. I don't know if you read the meta story recently where he basically took somebody else's. Anyway, that's a different story. But um, so I, I said, well, why don't you do that? He said, you got to. I said, how do I get the name? He says, well, you have to. The guy has to give it to you. He has to agree to give it to you. I said, well do this. I mean, before I call him his ass, let's see if somebody else has it. So go ahead and start. And this is back when only mail, now you can go online and see if somebody has it. Yeah. But back then you had to snail mail it, get the federal government to say you can have it. So I, we did that. And then you, and then after you do that, then you file. I said, find out if we can get it. How long is that going to take? Six months, nine months, something like that. Wow. Yeah. That long. Yeah. So life so, without the internet. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's really yeah. 
it has really sped things up. So, so, um, so he does that and, and he calls me back six or eight months later and says, okay, nobody has it. You can have it. Okay. What do I do now? Call that guy and see if he'll give it to you. Okay. Can you, do I need him to sign something? Yeah. So, okay. So I call him and I say, Hey, Curtis, you know, the summer classics thing, what's, what are you doing with that? He said, Oh, nothing. The guy went out of business. I'm not doing anything with it. I said, well, can I have it? <laughs> and he said, yeah, you can have it. I was like, great. Will you sign something? Yeah. <laughs> so I sent it to him, got it back. I was like, oh, here we go. Wow. And that's, and that's obviously my next thing was to start coming out with product. And so I think I still like the name. I, I think it's a great name. And what a fascinating story though. Yeah, I still, it's, it's not quite the mouse, but. <laughs> but it's your mouse. It's my mouse, yeah, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, as we come to the end of our time together, uh, Bu, is there, before we ask, uh, if, before I ask you to tell people where they can go to find out more about you, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listener about how to be successful in life, whether professionally or personally? Wow, that's a big, you know, I've been married for 50 years. I think your wow. relationship here with your wife is, uh, certainly has been, I would say life changing, you know, even though I've been with her so long that, that we've kind of grown up together because we got married when we were 22. And so it's, uh, it's been an amazing run that, and that goes back to the relationship thing. And then I've learned a lot from, you know, you, people you can call that you wouldn't talk about certain things with anyone but them mm-hmm. to build on those relationships. I think those, that I keep going back to those relationships uh, have been critical for me. And I have a, a quote I use, which is uh, you get the future you plan for. Mm. And and I got it from someone else. And I started, he said, look, if you'll, if you'll plan, if you'll plan to be a hundred million dollars and maybe that's 10 years out or 20 years out, something like that. And you work, steadily towards that goal, you'll get there. And it, and, and so that's kind of what I did. I always said summer classics is a $500 million idea. I just got to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and I used to say that back when we were two million dollars, I stand up in a room full of a hundred people and say, you know, this is a $500 million idea. I just haven't executed it yet. And so I would constantly work towards that goal and, Last year, for the first time, they kind of put that number down as a possible goal. I went, okay, there it is. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's successful in the world who got there by winging it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, plan, plan. Absolutely. Well, where can we go to find out more about you and what you and your company are doing in the world? Just, you know, I have a weird name, which has worked well. All you have to do is Google Bu White, and it's just, oh my God, all these podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> Everything is kind of, uh, you know, good and ugly pictures of me. You know, uh, my wife, who's, you know, had to live with me this long, all right there. And then I, I, I had to buy somebody owned ViewWhite.com and I bought what? it. I had to buy. I was like, who would want, how do you even what think What are of the that? odds of that? <laughs> Somebody's gone on GoDaddy and bought everything. We just bought uh, Gabby. We own a company called Gabby Home, but it's really, it was called Gabby. We own the Gabby Home website. Mm-hmm. We just bought the Gabby website for $120,000. Wow. Mine was $1,500. Bu White is cheap. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I have a URL called overwhelmsucks.com, which takes you to a landing page on my site. But I sat on GoDaddy trying to do all these iterations before I found it. And my wife said, oh, try overwhelmsucks.com. And I did, and I got it. But what's interesting is one of the people I follow, Brendan Burchard, he went out and got brendan.com. Now, he had to pay a lot of money for that. I went to see if mark.com was available. And they always say, well, for $70, we'll do the research for it and see if we can't buy it. Once that comes up, you know, you probably can't afford it. I'm like, it's not that important because I have a name like you. And I have a common first name. You have a common last name. My last name is Strucheski. So that's why I went out and got MrProductivity.com, which takes you to MarkStrucheski.com. Now, if you're in Poland, you can go to MarkStrucheski.com because you can spell the There's name. a lot of those for, graphs, yeah. Yeah, but for the rest of the world, I had to come up with a simple name. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today because I learned a lot and you were very well-spoken and you shared a lot with us and uh, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. Before you go, it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would do me a quick favor. Share this episode with one person you know that needs to hear it. Because life tends to get in the way, do it right now. I'm on a mission to help as many people as I can, and you sharing this episode with someone would help me on that mission. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon.